We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. This here is Jason Pett. I am not here with Ricky O'Donnell today. He is out. I will have a special guest coming up later. That would be uh, my guy, Morton Jensen. I'm going to bring him on a little bit here. We got plenty to talk about with the Bulls, trade talk, all that fun stuff. I know everyone loves trade talk. First, I would like to get into some quick Bulls news from the day. DeMar DeRozan leading the Eastern Conference guards and all-star voting. The first voting returns. Uh, super exciting to see DeMar out there. He's probably getting some luck from Canada because I saw Andrew Wiggins is like is really killing it in voting. Getting the Warriors hype, getting some Canada hype. DeMar is probably getting some of that as well. But he's honestly kind of dominating the guards. I also saw people whining about DeMar being listed as a guard in all-star voting, which sure, I guess he's not technically a guard, but he plays a lot of does a lot of guardish things. He's first, he's got like over six, around 600,000 more votes than James Harden at number two. Trey Young's at th- three. Zach Levine coming in at number four, about half the votes of Damar. Uh, James Harden should not be number two. I'd probably put Trey Young second, although I did vote for Zach and Damar when I did my vote. But I think uh, Trey, Trey Young's heading, having an awesome season. This is, to see Damar getting all that love is great. Zach getting a good amount of love as well. That's nice. I we, we talked about it in our last pod, me and Ricky. Damar and Zach, all-star locks. Damar looks like we'll probably be a starter. Zach will definitely make it as a reserve, putting up ex- similarly excellent numbers on a team that's first place in the, in the Eastern Conference, no doubt. Um, so it's really just nice to see him getting that kind of recognition, though. Um, so after saying that, we'll talk about that here with our guest here again, Morton Jensen. He is, he does work basically all over the place. He's a colleague <laughs> of mine at Forbes. Uh, he, he just got a new gig at heavy to writes about the bulls and the warriors there. He has the NBA podcast with, uh, with our guy, Brian, that's Toporic Toporic. I never Tepora. know how to, how to, yeah, how to say his name rightly, Nate, uh, correctly. And then he, he's a TV host over in his native, uh, Denmark, which is awesome. Does a ton of, ton of stuff over there. Morton, welcome to Cash Considerations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do a ton of weird stuff. That <laughs> uh, trying to carve out a career, man. You gotta you gotta spread everything out. Yeah, it's a it's a hustle. I know all about it. I know we've 
Uh, we've been doing this for a while. We've uh, been talking, going back and forth, doing this stuff for a while. I mean, you wrote for me uh, at FanRag, I believe. Yeah, I that's go, true. Going, going, going back a long time. So uh, great to have you on. I believe this is your Cash Considerations debut. So uh, again, welcome to the pod. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And and so full disclosure, I'm one of those people who, oh, I'm not whining necessarily, but I am curious about like why DeMar was listed at guard. <laughs> I went to basketball reference and pulled up his numbers. He has played 76% of his minutes at power forward. Sounds 15, right. <laughs> yeah. And 15% of his minutes at center, 8% of his minutes at small forward. So no percentage breakdown for guard whatsoever. It's it's amazing. So so yeah, the NBA really needs to overhaul that entire process. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like they should just be like, whatever, vote for whoever, top five, yes. like, just like that. I'm sorry, like it's an All Star game. Who the hell cares? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it is still. I mean, Demar deserves to be have a starting spot. So mm. it almost feels like they did it to like kind of shoehorn him in because you know, KD, Giannis, Embiid, like those guys in the front court, guaranteed. Like Demar was not going to get voted over. The, I mean, maybe he would have. I don't know, but like those three guys probably should be ahead of him. And then there's tomorrow. I mean, maybe you could argue tomorrow could be over. I don't know. Like Joel Embiid just won player of the month. KD, arguably the MVP front runner. Giannis yeah. right there for MVP as well. Uh, see, just it would have been hard, I think, for tomorrow to get over those guys. So to shoehorn him in the guard where he has a better chance, uh, maybe that's what the it's NBA fine. was going for. Because when I went to go vote, I did my, my own little voting like last week. I was surprised when I went to go check and I was like, oh, DeMar, guard. All right, I'm going to vote for him and Zach. Even though, like I said, I, th- I think it's going to be DeMar and Trey Young. I think we'll ultimately end up starting there. But uh, still, whatever. I don't care. I, our, our guy, Mark, Karen Sulis, Bulls HQ, had a great tweet like about us being hypocrites. Like, yeah, DeMar, definitely not a guard. But you know what? It's fucking awesome that he's listed yeah. as a guard. Now he's going to start. Yeah, honestly, I think Zach should start as well. I love Trey Young, but I mean... You know, Zach, I think it's way better. Yeah, Yeah. no, they haven't. I I think it should be those two. I think the Bulls right now have two all-star starters, which, dude, that is weird to say out loud, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, so I guess before we get into any of this trade stuff, just like, what's your your general vibes about this Bulls team? Obviously, they're in first place, 25 and 10. They've been awesome. We're having so much fun watching them. Uh, What are you feeling about just like about that pairing, about how far they can take? this team right now like it's it's just been with something we've obviously talked about in our pod as well before me and ricky uh thinking more and more that maybe they could maybe go on a run and win the whole damn thing we'll see i i love the vibe i mean this is a team that and and like it it sounds almost emotional but like they play for one another they care and i I, and i i realize that comes off as you know oh you're going to all the nitty-gritty stuff of uh, you know what they do on the court instead, but it's it's the way that they're unselfish. It's the way that they actually care. It's the way that when someone falls down, there are like four guys sprinting towards that guy to, to pull him back up. I, I don't know about you, but the last time I saw that, that was under Tips in like the, some of the the early Tips days, because as Tips kind of aged out in that Chicago role, players started to basically say, oh, I'm not feeling this anymore. Yeah. Jimmy wasn't really into it. Derek wasn't really into it. Everyone right now is on their honeymoon period. And I, I kind of feel like it's sustainable for the rest of this year at the very least. I mean, they're on a mission, man. And they're they're playing together. They're not really selfish at any point. I don't think, I when I really think back to it, like I, there's not a single game or a single possession that stands out where someone was just super selfish and just did something on his own because that's what was given to him. 
everyone is touching the ball. Everyone is happy to see, for example, DeMar take over in the final frame. Like I, I, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of nervous a little bit. Like how would Sack react to DeMar getting all those touches? He's standing there. He's clapping. He's screaming. He's yelling. He's loving every single minute of it, which is awesome. Yeah, I think to your point about like the, the the one play, I think like that Knicks game, that last second shot where Demar like didn't give the handoff. I think that was when we were like, oh, like is this going to be a problem? Because that was what people talked about, like, oh, how are Zach right. and Demar going to mesh? And like that play happened where it looked like Zach could have had a really good like lane to the basket if there was that handoff. Demar does not give it to him. He takes it. He airballs it. They lose. And so there was a bit of consternation over that. But obviously, since then, I mean, they've been killing it. Yeah. They are very supportive of each other. We had that quote. I think it was from Demar. Uh, last week or two weeks ago when Zach was going off, I think that was, was it the Pacers game maybe where Zach went off in the fourth quarter and DeMar was like, yo, like you can take it. You got it this time. Yeah. Like we, We've seen both guys have huge fourth quarter numbers this season. Uh, I mean, a guy like DeMar is exactly what Zach has needed. As we've seen in previous years, like the Bulls were often awful in crunch time because it was basically – Here's Zach, go like make a miracle for us. And he did occasionally like that Hornets game where he hit a million threes and hit that game winner. But there were other times where he'd chuck up bad shots. He'd have bad turnovers. Now, instead, when you have when they him and uh, DeMar can play off each other, they're doing like the the they're screening for each other. And that's so obviously super dangerous just because how good both those guys are. And then you have Vooch as an outlet as well. And it's like. Uh, they do seem to just be really love playing all together. They have all these great, just like social media posts after games. We saw, I think I just saw a tweet with Damar on, I think it was on ESPN, uh, that their daily show talking about just the chip on their shoulder, everyone doubting them before the season after Damar got the big contract and all that kind of stuff. So they're clearly, they're motivated. They seem to all really like each other. They play really well together and that makes it a lot more fun. It does make you believe that that they can continue playing this well. And I think they yeah. can still even be even better, even setting aside whatever trades they might make. Like they've, there's just been so much goofiness with the season. And I know all teams are going through that, but I mean, they've had guys missing. I mean, Caruso and Lonzo have just been out second tomorrow mode this time. I mean, their entire team had COVID at some point, basically. So I think they could still get even better. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, this team has not been fully healthy together all year long. I mean, even when you consider Patrick Williams went down against that yep. Knicks in that Knicks game, like Kobe wasn't healthy at that point yep. in time. So at no point has this team been fully healthy and it somehow hasn't mattered a whole lot. They've still come out. They've still played. They've done everything in their power. I mean, the, the one loss that stands out a little bit was the Pacers loss uh, at the UC where they got absolutely hammered, but they played like a million games in two nights. I threw that game out even like going into it. I I don't think I bet on it. I was like mad that I didn't. That was like coming. It was coming off their road trip uh, and it was, and then they had to play a a back-to-back. They had just beaten the Knicks in a really tough game the night before. So like they were just clearly like dead legs from the start. I, I basically threw that one out the window. I feel like the only game I'm like really upset at is, that Portland game that they blew was really stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I really wish they would have gotten one of those Sixers games. I think that second Sixers game at home, I think we're like freaking Cork Mass at like seven or eight threes. Like, God damn, they they have not they have not beaten Joel Embiid in his NBA career, which I know the Bulls have been awful the last few years, and Joel Embiid is very good, and the Sixers have generally been good. But like, it's still kind of crazy that they just have not beaten him yet. They still are they're zero for two against him this season, even though they're much better. But yeah, I mean, there have been like very few games where you're just like this team. I mean. The, the recent losses um, were, were games where they were ravaged by COVID, the Heat, the Cavaliers game. Like, I mean, those games, you're like, yeah, they're going to lose these games. Like, they have, like, nobody available against yeah. against quality teams. And then, like, the, the Warriors lost early in the year. 
I mean, that's another game where it's whatever. It's the Warriors. They're the best team in the NBA. They were Steph was firing on all cylinders. It happens. They got the Warriors coming up again next week. I will be at that game. I'm super excited to go at the UC. Hopefully that should be a fun game. They can get some revenge there. But yeah, I mean, most games, even when they're not playing poorly, that's kind of the last couple of games have kind of been like that. They haven't played well. They're missing key guys. And I know, again, other teams missing key guys too, but like that Pacers game, they played like dog shit and they still somehow won on the road against a decent team. I know the Pacers have pissed away a lot of games this season, but yeah. like, they looked like they were dead in the water, uh, but they came back late and they win. The Wizards game, they were down most almost in that entire game. They come back, get another DeMar DeRozan three-pointer. You need a little luck sometimes here too, but just the fact that they were in it to have a chance at those kind of lucky shots is great. And then the Magic game, they come out, come out and play like shit. They kind of were sleepy, and they pulled that one out as well. Good teams yeah. figure out ways to win these games. So many games. I mean, just think of all the games these last few years that they have just pissed down their leg, and that's why they were one of the reasons why they were so bad. And now they have these guys making crunch time plays both ends of the court. Uh, it's just been it's just been awesome. No, it's it's been magical in a way, simply because uh, it, the expectations weren't that great coming in. Yep. I think I had them at like 42, 40, between 42 and 45 wins, I think. Um, and now they're on, I don't even know what they're on pace for, but it's significantly high 50s. more. Yeah. The high 50s, yeah. Was it Kevin Farrigan who said 57, I think it was? So, and, and you even, I remember the podcast you did with Ricky yeah. where you went through the schedule and I think yeah. you came up with 50 wins and you're like, oh, on the dot. And then I was 50 like, on yeah. the dot. And you're like, like, oh, oh that, that's high. That's yeah. high. I'm not going to, you kind of hedged your bet a little bit. And now it, it, it looks pretty damn smart. Yeah. If they don't, yeah. If they don't win 50 now, it's a huge disappointment. They got to go, right. they're 25 and 10. So there's what, 47 games left. Then they have to win, yeah. they'd have to go be 25 and, is that 22 then to get to 50? Like if they don't, they don't do that. That'd be a pretty huge disappointment. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. At this point you're expecting 50 to 55. Maybe they can just keep getting better and they get into the high fifties, which would be absolutely crazy. But I mean, if they get into the fifties at all, I'll, I'll be, that'll be, they'll be awesome. Uh, I don't know if they'll oh, actually yeah. get the one seed. Like I still kind of think the bucks will end up with the one, the nets are just so weird. You know, it's so hard to say about the nets with the Kyrie situation. And like they have these, they have games where they just, Ebb so high and low. Uh, that mean they lost the Clippers with like who were missing everybody the other night. And they mm. lost to who was the crappy team? They just lost. Did they lose to the Magic. I mean the Bulls obviously always lost to the Magic. They lost to somebody else. Not good. Reason. Oh, that was the Pistons. No, the Pistons beat the Bucks. Either way, I'm pretty confident. Like the Bucks probably just kind of rolling along here as long as Giannis isn't never, doesn't right. miss much time. But then that's so interesting. But like you stay in that top three, top four, uh, and then you just kind of see where you go from there. Or maybe yeah. the Bulls will just get the one seed. Maybe they will just say, fuck it, and we're going to just you know, dominate the rest of the regular Why season. not? That <laughs> means the weakest opponent. So, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And honestly, I, I know people are a little bit cautious about proclaiming the Bulls the next big thing because yeah. of Milwaukee and because of yeah. Brooklyn. I, I'm going to say this, though. I kind of like Chicago's chances in a potential net series, if assuming health here, because yeah, Alex Caruso on Kyrie Irving for the majority of that series is going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you got Lonzo to heart. Like I, the, the issue is obviously Durant. Uh, and I think yeah. when you look at that, I think that's when we start talking about trades and stuff like that. So let's talk about yes. almost possibly getting better here, looking to make moves, going for it, as you just kind of said. Uh, so you wrote about stuff like this, about trade targets coming up. I kind of did as well. I did at Forbes. You wrote some stuff at Heavy. You brought up Jeremy Grant and Harrison Barnes as as two top trade targets. I wrote about Patrick Williams because I'm assuming 
if you're going to get guys like that, or if you're looking at anybody, any other kind of big splash at the trade deadline, I'm assuming Patrick Williams is involved. Pat right now is most likely out for, if not the whole season for most of the rest of the season, AK did go on uh, Chicago sports radio this morning and kind of gave a little update. Didn't say much. AK never really says much. I don't really ever listen to what he says. It's like, whatever, who cares though? I mean, when you make moves, that are good, uh, you can say nothing. Garpax both said nothing or bullshit and then was also doing nothing. Right. So that's, that's when you get mad. When AK can can be, can be speak wishy-washy like that as long as he's making good moves, and he is. But he basically just said, the, yeah, like, maybe he'll be back, or but, like, maybe not. We're not going to rush him. Just classic stuff. So I think at this point, you really can't expect anything out of Patrick Williams. Maybe he does come back, but if he does come back later in the year, like, can you really expect coming off this like weird wrist injury for him to be thrown into a playoff stretch run gauntlet into the playoffs and play high impact minutes effectively? Uh, right. I mean, he was barely doing it when he was playing. And I mean, he played a lot last year and he was, he was fine. The first few games this year, he was invisible. Uh, so it's like, so I was just writing about how at this point with the Bulls where they're at, do you go for it? Go for guys like you mentioned, Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes. Do you put Patrick Williams on the table here? My my, and I, and I got a, was getting a lot of pushback. I mean, there are some people who are agreeing with me, but plenty of pushback about trading Pat uh, just because he is twenty. He is you picked him fourth in twenty twenty. He's t- some tantalizing potential there still. Uh, so it, and when when guys when fans like here like oh Patrick Williams for like Jeremy Grant Harrison Barnes that doesn't excite fans like when right. you have people like talking that about Patrick Williams being like being like Kawhi Leonard which is insane but like you, you hear people <laughs> talking about that and you're like oh he can definitely just be way better than those guys like don't pull the trigger on something like that that kind of trade doesn't guarantee that you'll win anything which right. no trade there's no move out there that's going to guarantee you anything you always need some runs of luck. So that's just a big conversation debate the Bulls are going to have to have here. So Mort, where are you on trading Patrick Williams on Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes? We can talk about some other targets down the road, but since you wrote that the the, uh, Grant Barnes piece over at Heavy, just your general thoughts on that whole situation with Pat involved in this as well. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a very similar space as you, just in regards to even if Patrick Williams comes back, he's not going to be fully ready. And also, which I think people seem to forget of those who who really push back on trading Pat is when Patrick Williams returns, is he going to be 25, 26 years old? Because I don't think he will be. So regardless, <laughs> he, no. So right, regardless of when he comes back, he's still going to be a twenty year old second year guy. Like that's. That's just not someone who is going to influence winning. And I think the larger point that people are missing is that right now, DeMar DeRozan is having hands down the best season of his career. He's 32. So you can't really assume that he's going to duplicate that next year. We're also seeing Vooch started off so poorly. And I, I I think he's gotten back to norm now, but it's something that you need to keep in the back of your mind he's, for next he's season. 31. Well. He's, 31. he's 31. Yeah. Exactly. So he might start slow again next year. Might He might not be able to, to bounce back the way that he has next year when he's a year older. So these things, they, they just matter. If you're waiting for Patrick Williams to hit that Kawhi Leonard thing, like let's just assume that it's true. Like let's assume that at age 25, Patrick Williams is Kawhi Leonard 2.0. Okay, that's five years down the road. DeMar DeRozan at that point is going to be 37. Like how this just doesn't align. And I understand that people are just so infatuated with his talent. 
I hear you. Look, I love the guy. And like from a personality perspective, he's super, he's super nice. Like I'm a big fan of Patrick Williams. Yeah. We're, yeah we, don't, we are not Patrick Williams haters here. Like I don't, right. I don't like people saying like, are you like, giving up on Pat? This is not giving up on Pat. Like I still right. think he'd be good. I am not, I, I don't want to say I'm like not high on him. I'm not as high on him as like a, like again, not Kawhi Leonard. I don't want right. to ever like, cap a guy ceiling, but like I keep saying like, if, if Patrick Williams becomes what Jeremy Grant is now, and that's like his ceiling, I think that's a pretty good outcome for Patrick yep. Williams. Jeremy Grant's a really good player. I know you you think you take a guy at number four, you expect more than that. But, I mean, there's so many guys you take that have gone in that area that just right. don't ever turn into a superstar. They're just There's only a few really, really good all-star level players in the NBA. So, like, if yeah. Patrick Williams in wherever, and is he going to do that with, on this team with these players in this situation? Like, is he ever going to fully blossom? It's just kind of hard to see that with his mentality. I and mean, we, I know it was only five games to start this season. He was invisible. I think he had like six points a game, like two rebounds. Like he wasn't doing anything on the boards. Like his defense is fine. I think the defense is promising. And like that kind of size, his like archetype is like what I think you're hoping for in a series against a Giannis, against a Kevin Durant, which I think is why Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes, like those kind of names, those kind of big wings. It's nice. But like is Patrick Williams, are you, is he actually going to be that stopper and then also be effective on the other end in that role? in these next few years, like, is he going to be yeah. as good as these guys in the next few years or ever? Like, again, like him turning into Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes as a ceiling, as a high end outcome is still not guaranteed. It could be, right. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does, but like, again, that's probably a few years down the road. And, and with that point, you're, I mean, I guess I understand, like, if you think that the bulls can, they do have Zach in his prime and he'll be back that if they, uh, they're going in the next like core, whether it's, whether they go after a Jokic or something like that, and you have Patrick Williams there like blossoming into his own, and it's like Pat, Jokic, and Zach. But I mean, that's down the road, and that's stuff that's like still like super right. far-fetched stuff. Like we're in the now. Championship windows can cl- open and close so fast. So if you think this team is really good and has a chance now, it, I think it just makes all the sense in the world to think yeah. about trading him for one of these guys. Exactly. And that's where it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about an immediate upgrade. And I I don't think even the biggest Patrick Williams fan can, with a straight face, say that Patrick Williams right now is better than Harrison Barnes or Jeremy. (laughs) I mean, you you just can't. And and the fact is, that's okay. Like, it's okay to actually sell uh, high, I want to say, in certain capacity while getting a guy back who may not be an all-star because it, let's say you get a Harrison Barnes in because I wrote it, like you said, I wrote about this. I basically broke down uh, who would be the most logical fit between Barnes and, and, and Grant. I'll get to it in just a minute, but you, you, you right now you're getting an absolute zero out of Patrick Williams through <laughs> yeah, no nothing, fault of his nothing. own, <laughs> literally nothing. And that's not his fault for going yeah. down. That was Mitchell Robinson. So I'm not putting <laughs> anything at the feet of Patrick Williams, but if you're sitting there as an, as a Bulls fan, and you're saying, no, I prefer the zero that Patrick Williams is giving us right now, as opposed to getting a guy in who could potentially make the Bulls a championship contender. You're effectively choosing the path of one player over the team, which just boggles my mind. Why? <laughs> I, what's what's the point of doing that? I mean, there's no guarantees, like you said, like even if Patrick Williams does become Kawhi Leonard, Maybe the timelines is off, and then he's the only guy who's good on that team by that <laughs> yeah. time. So 
Yeah, I, I looked at, at Harrison Barnes and, and Jeremy Grant, and and just to to put up the parameters in that piece, I basically didn't go into like the trade yeah, package right. yeah. because like, we we all know that it's it's Patrick Williams and probably Derek Jones Jr. But you can finagle it with some Troy Brown Jr. inclusion as well, maybe even Kobe White. Like I I wouldn't go as far as including Kobe White and Pat. Right. In, yeah. In Both those of those deals. for one of those guys, probably not. But well, yeah, at least yeah. one of them. And like the pet the. Especially with, I know the Pistons, the Pistons, Patrick Williams, like connection is there because they liked him in the draft. Right. The, the timeline fits up perfectly with them. They're, they're awful. They're looking to build around Cade Cunningham and their, their next high level draft pick. So that at least that just like lines up almost perfectly. So that makes sense. Exactly. Kings, the Kings are, the Kings are weird. You never fucking know what the Kings are going to do in there because they're like right teetering on the edge. They're talking about trying to trade for an impact player. You never know, but continue. No, but that's true. And that's that's where the, the uncertainty comes in because what the hell are the Kings going to do? That's that plays a major factor. But I and I think the Bulls could end up being in a poor situation here for, for two reasons. One being the Kings that they just don't know what to do with Harrison Barnes that they keep want, want, wanting to go at it, which look, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's utterly ridiculous, but it's the Kings, like you said, they don't act logically. Um, but the author problem, and that's with Jeremy Grant. I, I love Jeremy Grant. I have no problem with him whatsoever, but I do think that he, it's fair to wonder if he's willing to accept the lesser role yeah. because he left the Nuggets for Detroit specifically for the same amount of money because he wanted to spread out his wings. And also, and this is full fair, he wanted to play for a black coach yes, and a black yeah. general manager. And a lot of like, in Detroit. Yeah. yeah, it did. And and you know what? I totally understand that. So if if he's like, wow, you're trading me to, to a team where I'll, one, I'll go back to being sort of the guy that I was in Denver. Yeah. And I'll have to play for a, a white head coach. You know, maybe there's some hesitancy there, and that's not me trying to project that on to him. Right. Like maybe I'm totally off. It's just, it's just us. We're taking his reasons for signing Detroit and right. wondering what it, where his mindset. And that's totally fair. Exactly. And yeah. if that's the case, which again I would completely understand, it, you can you can make the case. You know, is it worth bringing him in uh, while sacrificing Patrick Williams if he's not happy with his role and he's you know, miserable being there on the flip side, of course, is if you bring him in, the Bulls might actually be one of the favorites uh, in the Eastern Conference, in in which case, you know, maybe that's enough of an incentive where he goes, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I'm in it. I had so one and a half lost, years. We've lost a lot of games here. Like, we've lost a lot of games in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe it, it might be nice to come to a team where, where we can win uh, and where I can actually play because it, it's not like he would be fully reverted back to Denver. Grant, I think he's he developed too much as a scorer in Detroit. So I don't think he'll like go back to averaging nine points or whatever. Like that's that's not the, the issue. But I do think Overall, I, I I analyzed both of them, and my pick was Harrison Barnes because, offensively speaking, he is such a seamless fit. He takes no mid-range jump shots whatsoever, Jason. Like 3.7% of his shots are mid-range jump shots. For Jeremy Grant, that's 27. So he basically allows both Sack and DeMar to have the entire court for themselves. So DeMar doesn't have to suddenly start limiting his mid-range creation ability. Yeah. Same goes for Sack. Barnes is a shooter. Better he stands shooter, in the corner. Sure. Yeah. He's a shooter, but he'll also get to the free throw line. He's one of those guys who takes over five uh, threes per game and five free throws. Because what he can't do is when guys just rush out to him, like he can pump fake, he can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. He is the definition of, of Mori ball or money ball, or whatever you <laughs> yeah. want to call it. Like he just understands 
that I need to shoot threes, I need to get to the free throw line, and I need to score near the basket. That is such a seamless offensive transition. Just, just imagine all the times we've seen Javante Green be the guy in open in the corner. Now replace that with Harrison Barnes instead. That yeah. is like the Bulls right now are, I think, fifth in the league I, in offense. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw their fourth or fifth in offensive rating, something right. like that. Also, I will say, God bless Javante Green for the energy he brings, but yes. they definitely need when it matters, when it comes down to it in playoff situations, Javante Green can can play but you don't want him playing like a lot of important minutes right especially not won't guard, they won't guard him and they will you know when guys with big flaws get schemed out they get those flaws get uh, magnified so as as awesome as a player as javante green has been as a total steal in that trade kind of a throw-in last year uh for the playoff time you'll need something better <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this is this is about this is again uh, like the upgrade thing, right? Like yeah. that's where you look at it because you sure you can go to war with what you have right now. You can you can go to war and you can say in the playoffs, look, Javante Green is going to get those corner shots. He's been getting them all year. Cool, but wouldn't you rather want someone who is far more efficient on those shots? And so Harrison Barnes played since last time I, I I wrote that article. Let me just find his corner three-point field goal percentage because that was insane. Yeah, here we go. So Harrison Barnes takes almost 33% of his three-pointers from the corners. He's hitting that baby at 54.4%. So that means he's oh, in the league. <laughs> right. That is an elite corner three-point shooter right there. And the corners are where he's going to get most of his shots in Chicago. Can you just imagine how teams would have to guard a starting lineup of Vooch, Barnes, DeRozan, Levine, and Ball? Like, take your poison. Like, select your own poison there. If you if you try to throw a double team on DeMar, and if you cheat off of, of Barnes, that's a, that's a pass into the corner. Boom. If you cheat off of Vooch, boom, that's a pass. and Or, or Vooch finds a pass. Like, it's offensively you become just a truly elite juggernaut of a team. And I think that can win in the NBA, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, like we've talked, we've talked about in the pod and everyone's talking about like the zone defense problem. The bulls have, you get a corner three point shooter is just going to hit threes yeah. like that. Uh, when you have like DeMar, because I know a lot of times it's just like DeMar's dribbling. They play the zone. Bulls don't have like the Bulls. I think one of the best three point shooting teams, just like in terms of percentage, but they just like don't have that many like great shooters. So a lot of times right. when they have like those tomorrow lineups, they'll zone up on them. And we've seen the Bulls kind of lose it because guys just aren't hitting threes. Kobe hitting more threes now definitely does help a bit. But if you threw Harrison Barnes out there instead, just another zone buster uh, and taking away a defense's ability to do that. Exactly. And that's, and then when you look at the secondary unit, because you're not trading Kobe White in this instance. You're you're hanging on to Kobe. You still have Alex Caruso. You still have Javante, who, yeah. I, like you, I agree, he should still play because his his energy is infectious, and he defensively he's he's been so much more of a steady defender with the Bulls than he was with with the Celtics. I think so. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that that team right there, also from a bench perspective, is is utter elite. And then hell, you could flip Troy Brown Jr. for Torrey Craig. And really round out the roster. Then you have defense and offense at virtually every position. Like the balance between the two would be amazing. You can mix and match however you please. I mean, the only thing you'd be sort of short on is a 
proper backup center because I don't know what the hell happened to Tony Bradley before this season. <laughs> I watched a lot of Tony Bradley over the past couple of years. He was he was significantly better over the past two years than he's been this year. Maybe he bounces back at he, some point. He's had his moments. He just yeah. has the worst hands, like maybe in the league. Like he's up there with Felicia. Like Felicia had bad hands. And yeah. Tony Bradley has got really bad hands too. Like he's like, I feel like when he goes up against just like big dudes and he can just be like a big person for like 10 to 15 minutes a game, he's okay. Yeah, uh, at least defensively, just just using his size for rebounding and at least just disrupting shots. Just the offense, just hands. He's right. got such bad hands, <laughs> right? And that's I, and I would I would feel comfortable like if the Bulls got Tory Craig, even hell, you could play him for for small ball five minutes in the playoffs as well. Like we saw what happened against uh, or in the series, in the finals last year with with the Milwaukee and Phoenix. Like they played super small during the bench lineups. Like, why not? Just go nuts. I mean, you're st- still going to have an, an advantage size-wise because the Bulls are not playing anyone who's under the, the size of six foot four. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of size there. It just comes in a different package. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Um, in terms, I guess in terms of defense, looking at Barnes versus Grant, I mean, Grant definitely the better defender. I think he has yes. like a seven three wingspan. And you t- if you're talking about small ball five, probably brings a little more versatility on that front if you want to play yes. smaller with him at the five. Um, but you think I think ultimately you did say Barnes over Grant just in general. What just your conclusion there? Was it just because of the, like this offense is going to be unstoppable? I'm just and Brent, Barnes is he's not bad defensively, like he's fine. Uh, he's that just your ultimate conclusion there is just like the this offense is ridiculous. You can make other moves, maybe you get Tory Craig and you can kind of shore up the defense as well. Yeah, part of it. So, also, there is there's one problem with with and then obviously the Grant. <laughs> chemistry stuff or the role stuff that you mentioned as well. Yeah. That, yeah. No, no. I, I'm talking about his rebounding. That's a okay, kind of a, yeah. a problem area because Grant for his size and length, he's a guy who should be averaging like nine rebounds per game. He's yeah. and, and he's routinely down like three or four per game. And, and where you kind of go, this, this is underwhelming. Harrison yeah. Barnes does give you six a game. I also think Barnes is a little bit better playmaker. Um, I think his assist rate, like if you go to, to, to his basketball reference page and you look at his assist, you're not going to get blown away. But keep in mind that the Sacramento Kings have De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. and Davion Mitchell. So he's not going to get those touches. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. But he's a guy who's actually really worked a lot at improving his floor game as a passer and as a playmaker. So I, I would feel more comfortable with the baseline. I think it comes down to baseline 
Jason, to be honest with you. I think when it comes to Barnes, you kind of know what you're getting. You you understand when he hits the floor, yeah. you're getting a certain level of production. Yeah, you're not getting elite defense, but you're getting shot making. You're getting efficient offense. Like he's a guy who over the past two years has has been in the true shooting percentage of 60 plus. So, you know, you're just getting efficient offense and like average defense that sometimes can swing a little bit down to be under average. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And you're also getting the rebounding. But with Grant, you just you don't know. He can come in. He can jack up a ton of, of mid-range twos that are contested, that are – like his shot selection is not great. And I think in part it's because he's still trying to figure out who he is as an offensive player. Now he went, he made it to Detroit and he got the green light, which yeah. he never had in, yeah, right, ever before. Exactly. So he's just jacking up a lot of wild shots. And, and I wonder if – like if he comes to the Bulls, will he suddenly transform into a elite three-point shooter? I Doubted defensively, I agree with you. Like he's a, he would be a major defensive upgrade. But overall, I think Barnes, because of the rebounding, the playmaking, like th- there's just more certainty there. And I like certainty. Fair I'm enough. Not a yeah, guy absolutely. Who, totally yeah. fair. And I will say to anyone like complaining about Harrison Barnes, was that you think a lot of people I feel like just think of Harrison Barnes as the guy who choked in the finals in 2016 and then got paid way too much money. If you go look at the numbers, watch some games, like Harrison Barnes has still been putting up ever since he left the Warriors and he was good with the Warriors for the most part. He got a lot of flack. There were a lot of jokes. Again, he did have just an awful playoffs, yeah. awful finals. But I mean, that was five, what, five, six years ago. Now he's put up really solid numbers. It's the efficiency, as you mentioned, he's a really good player. Because I think that is part of the problem with like the, the Patrick Williams stuff. Again, it's like you hear Harrison Barnes and you like laugh at like no chance do I trade Patrick Williams for Harrison Barnes. Right. Like he's not that good. And it's like, if you look at it, like he's put up really solid numbers for a really long time. Again, like if Patrick Williams ever is, has a Harrison Barnes career, that's a really nice career. So it is. So just like, just to all the people out there who like, who's totally scoff at that idea. I feel like think a little bit more about it, be a little more open to it. I still get it. If you're a, a hesitant about the Patrick Williams for like those guys things, but uh, my next question, no, but that's, you, a, that's actually go a ahead. really good point. That's a really good point to just bring up because when he left the golden state warriors, since he left the golden state warriors, rather he's been averaging 17 points and five and a half rebounds per game, which is not numbers you associated with him before. So that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just been a solid player. Again, I feel like the, he just had the bad stigma that final stayed with him for such a long yeah. time. Uh, just the jokes, but he's just been a really solid player for a while. My next question here about if they did make a trade like this and me and Ricky talked about this, who is your closing lineup? The bulls have a really good closing lineup right now. So do you yeah. take Caruso out of your closing lineup and then you go with Grant or Barnes? Do you, would you prefer to downsize and have them play like really small? I think you, I kind of feel like you need to have each other. I guess the, the matchups, some of this could be matchup dependent. Right. So like either one Grant Barnes, or if they make some other type of bigger move, I guess like who's your closing lineup. Yeah, see, that's, again, you just said it, matchup dependent. I think in the NBA, when you are successful, it's because you you allow yourself to have the flexibility yes. to switch, change things up. Like, if you say, going into the season, this is going to be our closing lineup, and you don't take into account how the other team throws out a team, you know, it's you're you're playing at a disadvantage. So I, I, overall, I kind of like the idea that this Bulls team have so much flexibility. So if you need more defense... Just go with Caruso. Like, let's say you get a lead. Let's say you have a seven-point lead with four minutes remaining. Yeah, you want to you want to make sure that that lead is safe. Bring in the defense. Like, then take Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant out. Put Alex Caruso in there, and then make sure. Well, if you get Grant, you might want to stick Grant in there for defensive purposes. But like, you want to bring in Caruso. Like, if you need buckets, you're, let's say you're down five or down seven with four minutes left. 
you go with the lineup that I just mentioned. With if, if it's Barnes, for example, like Vooch, Barnes, DeRozan, Levine, Ball, and you just go crazy. Hell, you could even go with Kobe instead of Ball if you want to. So th- that's really what I like about this team. There's so many ways that you can get to Rome here. I mean, it, it is amazing the different lineups you can throw up. Yeah, and I know some people are going to worry about chemistry. We talk, we just talk about the grand stuff, but I do think this in a situation like this is where you would hope the current team, obviously, mm-hmm. seems to be, I mean, very unselfish. So you like wouldn't worry about, hopefully wouldn't worry about, I mean, you know, like Zach and Damar are always going to be out there in crunch time. Right. You, you would hope that these guys are unselfish enough and like they have bought in so much. We're like, if there are times where they're not on the court at the end of games, it just wouldn't matter to them. As long as they're winning games, that, that, that if they could, they do rotate, they do change these closing lineups. And certain, maybe some nights one guy's out on the court or it's another guy is not in this closing lineup. Another time you would hope that uh, they're so ball bought in. They all like each other. They all have this great chemistry that it just wouldn't matter. Bringing right. in, making a big move like that. I know people in my mentions were worried about like, you know, I love the chemistry on this team. I don't want to like disrupt it that much where I do get it to a point, but again, at the end of the day, talent is also, yeah, the, the existing the infrastructure of chemistry right there, I think, is good enough. Where like, I don't know if there's like you any of these guys you bring in like would absolutely like completely just like throw that off. At least I would. No, no, no. Not. I have good news then for those who are concerned, especially for Barnes, uh, because I so I tried to to talk to some Pistons people to to like learn more about Jeremy Grant's personality. Um, but but they just didn't know to to be truthful of it. But I did speak to some Kings people, uh, you know, Kings fans who have some 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 insights into the organization and some sources here and there. And the the word I got back on Barnes, and I should have included this in the article, but I didn't because I didn't get the the grand info, was that he was just a phenomenal teammate. Like he is one of those guys who completely buys in. He's a great locker room guy, and he picked up just a lot of great habits from being in Golden State under Steve Kerr and playing next to Steph, next to Clay, next to Draymond. Like he's a guy who will come in and not disrupt anything. He'll come in. He'll say, "All right, where do you need me? I'll do this. It's fine. Cool. Let me let me just get with it." Um. So there wouldn't be any issue with him whatsoever. Grant. Played for was he on Team USA this last year with with Zach? I think, uh, yeah, I think he was. Which you know, Zach might actually have some insights yeah. there. I mean, he he played with him. So uh, and I and and look, our tourist card show was with no more than anyone. Yeah, uh, just about Denver. Grant in general. So yeah. so I, I'm sure they have all the intel necessary on Grant. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I didn't even think about that. The Denver AK connection. I mean, it's right yeah. as another possible just like helpful match there for sure. Uh, moving past those two guys, and, and you mentioned Tory Craig, anybody yeah. else in terms of bigger names, in terms of smaller names, possibly go. I've had people bring up Robert Covington, who has like the idea of that sounds all right, but he's been really bad this year from what I can tell. Yeah. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, no, no. Hard pass. Like, I do like, would you look for to the like, do anything with the Pacers, the Sabonis or Turner on the block? I mean, Turner makes no sense to me, given what nope. the Bulls have. Sabonis, Sabonis like, is either. obviously really good, but it just like would be weird. I feel like the fit would be strange. Yeah, right? yeah won't, won't work. Won't work. Yeah. He's not much of a spacer. I think yeah. so. So when I wrote my article, a lot of people were in my mentions. They also brought up Christian Wood. And yeah, I was going to bring him up next. And yeah, I also yeah. people worried about the chemistry thing because he's obviously had these issues with Houston. I'm not really yeah. sure about his like actual back. I, mean, I know the Rockets are bad. He's on a team. He's a veteran on a bad team that's playing a lot of young guys, and he just seems really frustrated with what's going on. I'm not sure if that's just a that situation or if he is like a malcontent. I'm not totally sure. I mean, he is pretty good, but like, I know people are worried about that. 
Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't touch the two big lineup necessarily. I yeah. think that is, that is something that is dead and buried. I don't think it returns. That's unless, why I'd like, unless you're Cleveland, unless you're, <laughs> you're playing three bigs, you're playing three and you have your fourth <laughs> off the bench. Right. I mean, yeah. Kevin Love, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Kevin Love's um, actually been really good. Way better than, nice. way better than Lowry actually. Like Lowry's so much terrible. better. <laughs> Lowry's been off. So much better. Yeah. <laughs> Who saw that coming? I, I didn't Although, like, see the, that. The, the three big lineup works, but Lowry has been terrible. Very strange. He has. <laughs> he has. I love when Cleveland fans are basically saying, well, it, it, all it took for Lowry was come out of Chicago. It was like, you realize that he's not the reason that you're winning, right? I mean, 40%. Like, it's just very weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hate on Lowry too much <laughs> here, but like, I've been kind of following this because I'm curious. See, like, I mean, he was, yeah. he used to be like a savior here for the Bulls. Obviously, didn't work out. And I've been following it. And it's like, and the Cavs are, the, and the Cavs are really good because Darius Collins awesome, Evan Mobley's awesome, Jared Allen's awesome, Kevin Lo- and Kevin Love has been awesome. Like Chetty Austin's like been pretty good. Uh, they've just been a really fun, good, like unique team. Uh, Lowry just has not been very good. <laughs> no, he he hasn't. Like, but you're right. That's the one team where it works. But I, I I'm not crazy about like the dual yeah. big lineup, which is why I think having that versatile forward can also handle the ball. Yeah, exactly. The big wing, right? Because both Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant can like handle the ball. Hell, even if you do the Tory Craig thing, Craig is actually a pretty decent on ball guy as well. Like not, not to say that he's going to run pick and rolls for you, but like in a pinch, he can handle the ball in the half court. Like he can do some stuff. And that's the, that's the, where the league is headed. Like you can't give the ball to Christian Wood and then ask him to make plays off the triple consistently that that's not happening you sort of can with some bonus but he doesn't have the range yeah I mean, he's not, he's, he does not shoot well he's not, does, no he doesn't yeah. um so he will really crowd the paint which won't help the rose in a whole lot and like how do you play him and booch together as yeah. well so defense um, weird very weird <laughs> but i mean look we'll find out in in about a month because uh, february 10th it's coming on Quickly. Yeah, we're, we're literally just over a month away. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the Tory Craig thing. I think I mean, Bulls fans have got a nice little dose of Corey, Tory Craig lately. He did a yeah. really admirable job both recent games on DeMar. Uh, just very physical, like a big wing, physical defender. Yeah. And when we're talking about trying to defend superstars in the playoffs, having able to being able to throw multiple guys at superstars, at least try to wear them down. And it's certainly something. Uh, to look into at least what is what is his contract situation exactly I need, yeah so I he's earning 4.8 million this year and 5.1 next year so you're actually getting him under contract for next year as well and if you do flip him for uh, troy brown jr which i've been uh suggesting you save three hundred thousand right now which you pumped <laughs> yeah right <laughs> exactly and it gives you a little bit of flexibility because yeah. you are hard capped right and and that I keep that, forgetting that, about that dumb hard cap yeah uh, the hard what, cap is 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 so is something that you really need to take into account when yeah. you do all these trades and well, whenever you save money i'm i'm doing the whole nate duncan danny LaRoe thing where i'm dancing around and like <laughs> yeah saving money on a trade for sure because that's go that, yeah, let's go right and uh, but like you're right tory craig like yeah he's not a Giannis stopper and i realized some people in, in my mentions were also saying, like, you need to find someone who can stop Giannis. And I'm just like, you can't stop Giannis. You can't stop Giannis. Like, who is this <laughs> mythical player that you're talking about? Like, who is I mean, that? the best you can do is you build the wall like the Heat did in right. the bubble, even though the bubble was fucked up and like the, the Bucks were just like a complete mess. <laughs> but like, it, yeah. I guess it worked against the Raptors too, kind of a couple of whatever the year before that. But yeah, at this, I mean, Giannis has developed even more as a player now. 
Uh, we, I mean, we saw it. It's totally unstoppable in the finals. Best you can hope for is you just at least kind of slow him down, and then you got to right. make sure those other guys aren't killing you. you can't let Bobby Portis be a uh, be making exactly. raining raining three pointers on you. That would that would be right. a tough way to go out. The Bulls play the the Bucks in the playoffs, and they lose because of Bobby Portis raining threes. That would be pretty brutal. <laughs> that w- it would be, but you, you're right. And see, that's my philosophy as well. I think superstars are going to get theirs. Sure, you you want to make them work for it, for sure. Yeah. But my key point coming into a series against the Bucks isn't let's slow down Giannis. If that if I were, was the coach, for example, I would say let's make sure that Chris Middleton works for every single point that he gets. Let's make sure he doesn't crack 40% shooting. Let's make sure that Drew Holiday is having a really tough time getting into like passing patterns. And then if Giannis averages 50, but you win the series, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Like one guy can't lead a team to a win. You need to take on everyone else. And I think too much is sometimes being made of stopping a specific player. Like stop everyone else and you're on pretty good track. Yep, totally fair. Uh, although I do think, again, it is nice to be able to at least make them work for it. I yeah, mean, for so it's sure. Not oh, just yeah, like, for sure. Because if you're not making them work for it, there's probably a decent chance where those other guys are probably also destroying you too. If yeah. you're just totally miserable on defense. Yeah. Um, any, I said, any other names? Or I think, uh, I'm trying to think if there was anybody well, else. There I was one I'd name. Have to, I'd have to dive into anybody else, but you got anybody else for us. To yeah, I, I have answer. one, but I haven't right. written about him yet. And, and it's solely because... I need to see how the, the salaries work out if, yeah. if you are going after Barnes and or, or Grant, because I think that's priority number one. But I was kind of intrigued to, to like think about Terrence Ross from Orlando just to see like how could you make that work? Could you could you bring him in as sort of like another wing and then move DeMar up full time to the four? Like maybe that works, you get more shooting. He's very athletic. Like, good lord. By the way, I just I'm just realizing this right now. The Bulls already have one of the sickest dunk teams. Like <laughs> they really ever. do. But if yeah. you throw in Terrence Ross into that, oh my God, that's insane. That that, that would is, be the that best. That is like the one big bummer about like if you do trade Derek Jones, like losing that dunking. He's just really fun, a really fun yeah. dunker. Uh, he's been a really just nice role player for them. Again, if you can get a really nice upgrade. Sorry, Derek Jones, but he is just a super fun dunker. The electricity and energy he can bring sometimes is really yeah, fun. Yeah, for just sure. When you have Javante, when you have Zach throwing down sick dunks, Caruso can throw down sick dunks. Uh, I mean, Demar sometimes can throw down dunks too. Yeah, they got he's guys a sneaky who, can, dunker. who can really, really dunk the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Oh, he's a sneaky dunker for sure. But yeah, no. So Terrence Ross, I think, could be interesting just because he shoots the ball. He's a pretty decent defender. I think his years in Orlando hasn't really done him justice because they haven't really gone a whole like uh, yeah. they go into the playoffs a couple of times, but like they haven't gone anywhere really. And you know, I think it might just be time to do something else if you're him. And he also has uh, another year left on his deal after this one. So it's just a name that I'm interested in in looking at. I don't think the Bulls go for him though. Yeah, and he's one of the few of the, like he's what like the last holdover there in Orlando. I mean, Booch is yeah, in I think the Bulls. So. Aaron Gordon's in Denver. Evan Fournier has changed teams multiple times now. Like mm. out of all that 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 core that they had, Ross is like the last one left, basically. I think, right? Yeah, I I think so. At least of of the primary core, I should talk to. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be very interesting. As you mentioned, we got basically a month and change left before the NBA trade deadline. A lot can still happen. We'll have to, we got to cross our fingers for good health because if there is for some reason a devastating injury, obviously that does change your whole outlook. 
Maybe you don't trade Patrick Williams if there's something really bad. Let's knock out all the wood, cross all of, all the fingers that the Bulls stay in good health or just nothing super serious, and that they are a month from now still in that position where they're at or near the at the top of the East, and they look to make a possible big go for it move. Mm. Uh, just make things so much more exciting for us as fans, for the team, everyone that's watching, and all us analysts who get to talk about all this crap and rant and rave about it. It's just a lot of fun for us. More, do you have any just final thoughts about the Bulls, the NBA in general, before we wrap up here? We saw Kyrie Irving come back. Uh, he had a pretty nice game. They did need to, again, the Pacers, just great at losing games. They blew a 17-point yeah. lead to the Nets in Kyrie's <laughs> season debut last night. Um, anything, just general thoughts, at last Bulls thoughts, NBA thoughts you got yeah. you want to get off your chest here? Yeah, a little bit. So, so again, we've talked about how people push back on the whole you know, Patrick Williams thing and all that. I think there's something else to mention just in regards to potentially winning a championship this year. COVID is still ravaging this league. Like you have an opening. It's it's not, you know, a necessity or it's, it's not a certainty rather that if you make it to the finals, for example, that you go up against a fully healthy Golden State Warriors team or a fully healthy Phoenix Suns team. Like that is part of what I'm, uh, that I'm baking those things in when yeah. I like say I want to see the Bulls go all in, because if there is a season where things are up in the air or things can change from one day to the other, it's this year. And I understand that people are skeptical. And this is kind of my final point, because I think people got a little bit brainwashed by John Paxson, the car foreman <laughs> for years. It was all about patience. You know, you and I have talked about this privately as well. It's it was always patience. Oh, we have a new rookie. Be patient. All right. You heard that for like 15 years. So I think Bulls fans are wired into thinking, oh, if you have a rookie who was like drafting the top five, like, no, 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 you, you need to stay patient. No, this is a brand new organi- organizational team, managerial team. This is this is a brand new team all from top to bottom, just in terms of how they think, how they operate in a span of just nine and a half months. Every single decision they have made over the past nine and a half months have been towards winning now. So I ask you out there who are still on the Patrick Williams wagon, what do you think really that this is where they draw the line? Do you really think that this is where they just go, no, 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 like everything we've done over the past nine, nine and a half months doesn't matter because we, we are going to stick with Patrick Williams. No, they are <laughs> in it to win it. They are going all in. They are going all out. And look, I understand that that Karnaschovas can play coy on radio. That does not mean that he's not working the phones right now to find upgrades. Of course, they're in it to win it. <laughs> you don't go in this way and don't try to finish off the job. Right. I mean, I guess you could see like, well, they picked, they picked him fourth. Like they were in on him high, like higher than anybody else. Like maybe they want right. to see it through. But again, so the circumstances have just changed so much. They picked him fourth yeah. when they were when they had a super young team. They were still kind of in rebuilding phase. But as you said, they have changed basically the entire mindset in the last year. The team is way better than anybody could have expected. So when those circumstances change, how they feel about uh, who is also, again, not giving you anything probably this season, it just has to change. And it happens. You make win now moves uh, to win to win now. I mean, we, we saw it with LeBron teams, not that the Bulls have LeBron James, but 
you mortgage your futures sometimes to go win championships out. And it doesn't always work. Like they, the bulls could make that they could trade Patrick Williams for grant or Barnes or whoever, and the bulls could lose in the second round or yeah. they, and there's a, or there's a big injury and they, they flame out. Like it, it could happen. Uh, that, that's the name of the game. You take risks, high risks. Yet, but what if they, they do make the trade? What do they do win the fucking title? What if they go win the, yeah. the whole fucking thing? Like maybe it happens. Like I would rather just like go, I would rather at least me and Ricky again talked about this last time. Like I'd rather them go down swinging than doing the pace route because as you said, the bulls did the pace route. There was always so many times in recent years with the bulls that we'd talk about going, making big swings and then just like, Oh no, we can't give up this young guy or this role player. I do also understand fans get attached to young guys. I've done it. We've all done it. You got You pick a guy number four who looks like he who looks the part. It's like, man, this guy, he could be Kawhi Leonard. Like what if he's Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, what if he's what if he busts out in a couple of years? Like, right. it, it, either way, the, the, him becoming Quilin or him like busting out in a few years, whether it's injury, whether it's not being that good. I don't think he'll. I don't think that's going to happen with Patrick Williams. I think he's going to be a solid player. But like, they both, I feel like, are on the the, the same like exp, the same possibility. So it's like, yeah. there's all these things you got to consider for sure. I think we are definitely on mostly the same wavelength here with where we think this Bulls team is at and what they should do going to win, and it's going to be fun to watch and see what they end up yeah. doing. Yeah, that's a good point. Just with the fun thing. I mean, so you and I were in the same Bulls DM group on Twitter and we were talking about like favorite Bulls teams and like most entertaining Bulls teams. And I, I, I'm not going to shy away from this. I am enjoying this far more than even the Derrick Rose era. Like this, I am completely in on just the entertainment factor of this team. They are so fun to watch, even during so much shoddy games. Like, for hell, like the, the Pacers game, like you said, they played like dog shit. It was an awful and then game. Terrible it was game. an awful <laughs> game, but just a final damn possession, right? It made up for everything. And now when I think back on it, I, 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 I'm remembering a positive experience. And I, and I think the camaraderie as well is just, it's so amazing to see after years of guys just slumping on the bench because Jim Boylan walks up and down the, you know, the sidelines and they're just looking so yeah, lost. The, remember the Zach Levine, just like on the bench, frustrated things. It was, it was brutal. It was brutal to yeah. watch. And the, uh, now they're all, they're smiling, they're having fun together. And it, it yeah. makes it a lot more fun for us too. And they're having fun too. It means a lot, right? I mean, it's just, even even if they do flame out, and I agree with with the risk assessment you you laid out, but it I don't even care. Just give them the best chance to, yeah, to move forward and and to win everything. And whatever happens, happens as long as it's a fun ride um, while while it's going on. You know, I, I'm I'll take that. I mean, I'm thinking. I mean, just, I mean, last year with the Knicks and the Knicks have flamed out this year and they flamed out in the playoffs. But like last year, like Knicks fans were just. They were so happy all regular season. Yeah. They just finally had a team that could really get behind the Bulls following in a similar path. But this Bulls team seems better than the next team last year uh, by, oh, yeah. a, by a sizable margin. Uh, again, yeah, it would be super disappointing uh, if you Bulls have this great season. They flame out in the first, second round. I mean, well, if they get to the second round and lose to like the Nets or the Bucks, I mean, that's there's no shame. There will be no shame. Yeah. Even if they do make this all a move, there will be no shame if they lose to the, a Nets team that has three historically great players. If they lose to Giannis on a, the defending champs. Like, there's no shame in that. Even if they lost to like the Miami Heat, Miami Heat are a great team, really well coached. We've seen the Bulls lose them twice already. There will be no shame in losing those teams. Losing to anybody else would, I feel like, be a pretty tough yeah, one at this Agreed. point. But I mean, the Bulls get to the after so many being so bad. They get to the playoffs, they win a series, and if they compete in that second round, if you lose to a, a real, a, another elite team, it happens. And that's just it's just way better. Some people are, I know, are just like championship or bust. Like, well, if you didn't win a title, like it's been a failure. 
And I just, I, I mean, I get it to a degree. The whole point is to win a title, but at some point you just have to enjoy the ride of these seasons. Only one team wins at the end of the day. And in the, especially in the NBA, when it is so, I mean, just around superstar players. And if you end up having the best player, that guy often always wins or with, especially with super teams, like there's a pretty good chance. There's a very good chance you're not winning. And there's a very high chance the Bulls aren't going to win a title this year. I mean, right now you probably put it at a couple percent and that's probably not going to change even moving forward, uh, which 3.2% according to basketball reference. Yeah. So there you go. It's very low percentage, but, but if they just have an awesome season, they win a series, maybe they, maybe they do a Hawks and they get to the conference finals. It'll still be an awesome season, but you know what? Fuck it. Maybe they get to the finals. Maybe they win it all. And (laughs) the fact that this is all on the table right now uh, is awesome. And again, super fun and all that good stuff. <laughs> totally agree. I love the good vibes. I mean, I've yeah. listened to you guys since you started and I remember the dark days. Hell, <laughs> Ma- Mark Aaron Sulis and I, we had the Dennis Potman show back in the day. And at one point after recording, we were like just silent on Skype and we just said, we shouldn't do this podcast anymore. No, <laughs> we shouldn't because it was so negative all the time. Yeah, right. Now we're, we're sitting here laughing. We're talking about going all in. We're enjoying it. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's what matters. And going all in means that you can face yourself in the mirror every single day, knowing you did everything that you could as an NBA organization. You did everything that you could to make fans feel entertained. And look, they're doing it. So I, I am loving what I'm seeing right now. And I am I am all in on the train, baby. <laughs> Awesome. All right. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, we've been gone, going for a while here. Just, I mean, we just got so caught up in uh, the excitement of all this. Yeah. So Morton, thank you so much for joining cash considerations here. Please let our listeners know everywhere they could find you again on Twitter, oh all your work and all that good stuff. <laughs> well, so on, on Twitter, I'm at MSJ NBA. Uh, well, I write for Forbes. Uh, I write for heavy.com. I have a podcast with Brian support called the NBA podcast. Very creative. I know you can find that <laughs> at the NBA pod. Uh, we record I think twice weekly. Uh, thereby we cover the entire league. And in case you're Danish, you can find me at CV two uh, where I, I have a show with a couple other people called crunch time. So yeah, uh, that's, that's what I'm up to these days. And Maybe there's some additional news coming in about a month's time. Maybe I haven't locked it up yet, but oh, man. you can find Jeez. me way too many places. Yeah. <laughs> way too many places. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Love your stuff, man. Always love chatting in our DMS on Twitter in general and all this good stuff. So it's great to have you on. Um, and that's going to do it for us here at cash considerations, a Bulls podcast, as always shout out to the blue wire network. If you like what we're doing here at cash, please go check out all the other great pods across the blue wire network. There's tons of great pods. NBA, other sports, all that fun stuff. Blue Wire to the moon. Love it for us here at Cash Considerations. As always, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcast, let us know how we're doing. Uh, I am on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. Ricky, not here today. He'll be back next time. Uh, He is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, For the Bulls this week, we got, what, the Wizards Friday night at home. Then we got the Mavs on Sunday to start, like, a really busy week because then we got Mavs Sunday. And then we got, I think, what, Pistons Tuesday, Nets on National TV Wednesday, Warriors on Friday, Celtics on Saturday. We got a jam-packed week next week, so tons of Bulls basketball. I would guess we'll probably be back here on cash for another episode, probably on Monday night. Uh, interesting for that Mavs game. Luca, I think, is doubtful to, for their next game. So we'll see what his availability is like for this game Game on Sunday in Dallas. Uh, and like I said, we'll probably be back on Monday after that Dallas game, which should be me and Ricky probably. And then we'll see after the rest of the week. 
Uh, again, some huge games coming up, so it should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you guys next time, and thanks again, Mort, for coming on and joining me today. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.